Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guests are Anthony Scandariato and Brian Leonard. Thanks for being on the show, Anthony and Brian. Thanks for having us, Whitney. Thanks for having us, Whitney. Appreciate it. Yeah, and they are the co-founders and managing principals of Red Knight Properties, a boutique multifamily and mixed-use real estate investment company with a track record of building portfolios that deliver dependable cash flow and equity upside. They have 65 apartment and rental units under management or ownership in northern New Jersey and under contract for an additional 74, totaling 139 units acquired in less than a year. Also, they own and manage in Orange County, uh, New York. Prior to forming Red Knot Properties, Anthony worked as an acquisitions and asset manager vice president for Vision Properties, where he was directly involved in sourcing, negotiation, and managing the acquisitions of $600 million of Class A office assets. And after an impressive college football career, Brian was drafted by the St. Louis Rams in the second round and went on to play eight years as running back in the NFL. And now now he's in real estate, and we're going to hear a little about that as well, I think. Guys, you know, thank you again for being on the show. You know, give us just a little background of what you all are focused on right now and just a couple minutes of, you know, maybe how you got into the syndication business. Yeah, I guess I can start. You know, I grew up in a small town upstate New York, and I was a pretty good football player. So I am getting a scholarship to Rutgers University and uh, have a good career there, played there five years, redshirted, and then I ended up getting drafted in the second round of the St. Louis Rams. And I uh, had a pretty good NFL career, you know, I ended up playing eight years. The average NFL career is about 2.5. So I outlasted uh, most of them and did pretty well. But, you know, after my football career, I had to make that transition into regular life, a real job. And uh, that's never easy for an NFL football player. You know, basically we, we grow up playing sports and we don't really have job experience. And so it's a struggle for a lot of players to make that transition to the next step of life. And I always knew that I was super interested in real estate. I bought a house out in St. Louis and I rented that out and I was making some cash flow on that. So it kind of excited me. And then uh, after I was done playing, I always wanted to take a couple years off too. So I took a, a two years off. My son was born, spent a year and a half with him. And then as a stay at home dad, I'm like, okay, this is great building a bond with my son, but I gotta, I, I gotta get a real job. I gotta get out and you know set more goals and uh, aspire to be something more than a stay-at-home dad. So um, I started reading a bunch of real estate books, and it was basically the books focused on multifamily properties. And one of my old teammates, Dave Maluski, worked at this company called Vision Properties. And he's like, you know, come on in, meet my boss. It'd be a you know good experience for you. Maybe you can come in, you know, do an internship or just kind of, you know, learn the real estate business. And when I went in there, talked to his boss, and it was great meeting him, but I met another guy on the side. I met Anthony. And Anthony started talking to me. And he was in multifamily properties on the side of his company, you know, so he's doing small properties, you know, two, three, four units. That's exactly what I was reading about. And that's what I was interested in. So maybe like Anthony, maybe, you know, next deal we can work on together. And that was a little over a year ago, a year ago today. Uh, the first deal we did was an amazing deal. I talk about that later, but it was in Chester, New Jersey. We just refinanced that after we added value and it was a heck of a deal. Ever since then, we've been growing and now we are almost at 139 units and it's been a whirlwind. I've learned a lot over the last year because basically having no experience in real estate, just I think people have a lot of trust and belief in me from my NFL career, my college career, and I build a good reputation 
So it's been a long, great process, but I'm excited to keep growing with Anthony. Awesome. What about you, Anthony? Give us as, as brief as you can and let's get into it. Great. No, that was that was excellent. And to allude what you were saying in the beginning, Whitney, we actually have not 139, but it'll be 180 by uh, February of 2020, assuming that you know everything goes well with closing that we're working. Yeah, so that's pretty much how Brian and I got started You know, about a year ago. As Brian said, I uh, was in the business already working for a, a corporation that specialized in office buildings. You know, at the time I was there and Brian said this on the side, I was working on two to four units, some buy buy and hold, some buy and flips. And, you know, the returns that I was achieving were pretty high. And so we just hit it off from there and we acquired our first property. But, you know, what we're focusing on now more of and the way we bought our first property building in Chester that Brian mentioned was just through a general partnership. Um, So for your listeners, most of, you know, the times People think of when they want to partner with someone, it's more on the syndication side. It doesn't always have to be. It could just be with one or two other people um, in just a simple LLC format, you know, with different rights and responsibilities for each of the managers. So that's kind of how we started it. And then, you know, we gravitated towards a syndication area, which Whitney has a lot of experience in. I'm sure, you know, your listeners do as well. And we're trying to focus on more of that because for us, you know, you're going to run out of money at some point and you're going to want to partner with other people who are interested and might not have the expertise, knowledge to, you know, to be able to sign on the loan, you know, different requirements you need to buy larger properties where you could force appreciation because, you know, as Brian said before a little bit, you know, if you stick with the two to four families, there's only so much you could do. Even if you raise the rents from 500 to 1200, if the building next door didn't sell for, you know, 300 grand and you bought it for 200 grand, kind of still stuck, you know, unless you hold it forever. I saw that very quickly and that's glad Brian and I met and yeah, we've been growing. So tell me, how many deals have you all syndicated since partnering? So we did one. We're under contract with another, as I mentioned. Awesome. And tell me about how you all have like structured the partnership as far as, you know, who does what? Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. So I'm more the field guy. So, you know, we're building a management company alongside of a real estate company. So um, I'm building that side of the company and, you know, we got a management software called, uh, it's called Buildium, which is a great management software and it has uh, everything under one roof. So, you know, you can do your leasing on there. You can do your accounting maintenance. You can communicate with the tenants and your vendors. You can have tasks on there. So it has everything under one roof. That's been great for us. It's been, uh, you know, better than, you know, not having the communication all in one place. And it's just important to, you know, we wanted, we wanted to be part of that property. We wanted, we wanted to manage our own properties because who's going to love our properties as much as we love our properties and grow our company as much as we want to grow our company. You know, there are some great third-party management companies, but, you know, why not manage your own if you can? And we, uh, we're doing that at this point and it's been good so far. Yeah, and real quick for your listeners, we're based out of New Jersey and uh, all the properties we own have been in New Jersey within a, you know hour or so driving radius of us. So it's been easy to do that. Nice. So, uh, you know, quickly on the property management side, you know, why why bring that in house and take the time to develop your own management company? I mean, I've heard both sides of the coin. You know, why we should or why some people say, oh, we're not going to do that. Uh, but for you all, why did that make sense to spend the time and energy building them the property management company when you could hire a third party? I would say because we started off small with you know ten units, fifteen units, twenty units. You know to have someone manage a third party company manage uh, those size properties going to be a, a pretty big management fee. You know anywhere from five to ten percent, which is a big chunk of your income off those properties. So at first with the smaller properties, we wanted to you know we didn't want to give a chunk of our money to a third party management company right off the bat like that. 
And, you know, as eventually as we, you know, when we grow and we start buying properties outside of New Jersey, outside of the hour radius that we like to keep our buildings inside of, then obviously we're going to have to go to a, a third party management company. But to get the experience of managing your own, own properties and knowing how to do it, and uh, you're going to know what to look for when you actually go out and hire a third party management company when you go outside of New Jersey or outside of that hour radius. So what about, you know, buying in New Jersey? I mean, that's some pretty high priced markets up there. You know, how are you all buying there and and still making any money? Yeah. So, you know, keeping your ear to the ground with the brokers, being able to source off-market opportunities. And also the areas where we like to invest in in New Jersey are not, when you hear New Jersey, people think of, you know, Hudson Waterfront, sort of like Hoboken, Jersey City, you know, right with access to Manhattan. So we kind of stay away from that because the prices have been extremely high over the past few years. And we're west of that. So people still live within an hour driving or train distance to Manhattan and able to find some good opportunities in the outer periphery. So as long as you understand, and and the important thing for us to and your listeners to look at is if, if there's any rent control, because I would say a quarter of New Jersey have rent control municipalities. And if you're going in there with a value add strategy, you might, you know, be surprised when you start trying to do renovations and raising rents over time and you know, you're getting a lot of kickback from the tenants and they start telling you, here's the rent control laws, it's 2% a year and you know it completely throws off your numbers. So to your listeners, please look into rent control ordinances, no matter where it is, even in North Carolina or Florida, America, municipalities have it. So um, New Jersey, it's municipality by municipality. So if you understand that um, and you kind of stay away from the markets that have very strict rent control. Some of them are tied to like CPI, just sometimes one and a half percent. You know, you should be, you should be okay. So are you all, uh, and maybe you can elaborate a little more on this, or maybe I missed it, but the, the rent control piece, are you you're okay with buying in areas that have rent control or not? Yeah. I mean, we're okay with it as long as the numbers still make sense. Some municipalities are better than others. All the properties that we own aren't in any rent control areas whatsoever. But, you know, some of them are pretty favorable. Some of them allow, let's just, for example, 5% a year, which that's pretty good if you can get it. And then, you know, if a unit comes up for turn, you know, you can actually put that unit to market uh, without any problems. Some of them are capped at 20% of the previous rent, et cetera. So uh, being aware of those are very important, especially in a densely populated state like New Jersey. Yeah, I would imagine that would change your business plan you know, if I know I've got rent control, because it's going to change, obviously, how much you can increase the rents or force the appreciation. And, you know, it's going to change maybe how much I plan to remodel a unit or something like that, because if I can't raise the rents, you know, up to market market rate right away. Uh, but can you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, that is our business plan, too, is to force the appreciation. And it's obviously said it's hard to do that if you're in a rent controlled area. At this time, we haven't bought anything uh, in a rent controlled area because of that reason, um, because our business model is, you know, we like to buy undervalued properties, um, go in there and uh, increase the NOI by putting some capital improvements into the property and uh, then increasing the rent to market and then lowering the expenses. And, um, you know, I'll touch on a little property, the first property in New Jersey, which is a very successful deal for us. And it was in Chester, New Jersey. We bought that property at a net operating income of $95,000 and the average rent for about eight seventy five. dollars It was a 10-unit property. We bought it for $1,285,000 and uh, put $20,000 of capital improvements into it. And then we end up increasing the NOI to 157,000 and we're stabilized at six months. Um, this is how low the rents were. Some guy owned it. He was a, a farmer, owned it for 20 years. He had the, the principal paid down on it. It was catching, collecting great cash flow on the property and it really didn't keep up with, with market rates. And it was a great town too. 
and uh, very little vacancy in that town. So we knew, Anthony and I knew we could go in there and we could uh, force the appreciation pretty quickly with very little capital improvement. Uh, we had three weeks vacancy and raised the rents from 875 on average to about 14 on average. And we just got, we just got it appraised last week for 2.2 million dollars. So we almost raised, we almost you know doubled the value of the property in a year period. And now we're gonna pull out the equity and we're still gonna own that building and cash flow pretty well on that building. And uh, we're going to obviously take that money and put it into a new deal. So there's deals in Jersey. You just, you got to find them. You got to know people. You got to have relationships with brokers. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things is just building those relationships because the best deals are pocket deals. When you're looking at deals on, on LoopNet, those deals have been, been looked over hundred, you know, 150 times, 200 times. Um, that's why they put them on, on LoopNet. Once in a while, you can find a great deal on there, but most likely um, you're not going to be able to. You got to, you know, have great relationships with brokers. Was that deal through a broker? That was through a broker, yes. And so uh, even Anthony had mentioned like keeping your ear to the ground, you know, with brokers and, and off-market properties, you know, are there some techniques that you all have used to build that relationship with these brokers? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, meeting with the brokers in person, definitely key. Uh, even if you're just starting out and uh, you want to grab brokers a cup of coffee, 20-minute meeting at Starbucks, telling them what you're doing, it really helps because, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, understand what your plan is moving forward and, they're going to have properties that they would not show other people and they'll start showing you the properties. You know, uh, for your listeners, a, a good strategy that's worked for us is, uh, Brian mentioned LoopNet. Even if it's a deal you're not interested in or and it's in a market that you're interested in, definitely reach out to the broker because, you know, that deal on LoopNet's not the only deal that he has. I can guarantee you that. So that's, uh, that's helped us too. Actually, we got a deal out of it uh, one time. Uh, we just hit up the broker. He had a two-family house for listing and I was just prospecting and, uh, we were talking and he's like, oh, I actually got this 20 unit property that I own. Uh, would you guys be interested in buying it? I'm kind of I'm looking to retire. And we were like, yeah. And we were already looking in the area anyway. So something that happens to getting a list of, you know, the most prominent brokerage firms in your specific area, just reaching out and seeing what they have. Because as Brian mentioned, they're not going to advertise their best deals. But the first deal did come through a broker that we were communicating with over the past two months before we bought uh, our first deal. I believe Brian met with him before, and uh, you know, we kind of everybody hit it off. So we understand what we were we understood what we were looking for. And I think another good thing too that we did last week is we had a networking event in uh, Morristown, New Jersey, and we had 150 people show up. You know, anywhere from brokers, leasing agents, these people that were interested in real estate. Uh, 150 though we had there and uh you know we were the sponsors of it so our name was on it our business cards were out there and just building those relationships and having our name on on a thing like a big networking event with 150 different people that were interested in real estate anthony set that up and did a great job and that's another way to to build relationships also i think another thing too is when you build a relationship with a broker do what you say you're going to do you know if you say you're going to close this deal close the deal if you say you're gonna whatever you say you're going to do you do it and you build trust with that broker and that broker will bring you back more deals and if you, if you close a deal fast and you're on a pain in the butt, you know, the next good deal he has, he's going to bring it to you because he knows you're going to close that deal. And he knows you're a good buyer. Give me a, just a couple tips on how you marketed that event to have that many people show up. <laughs> so I kind of have a little bit of an advantage because I worked in the business prior. So I had a lot of those contacts and relationships that I invited. Uh, I was a part of a networking group as well. But for your listeners, what I've seen is uh, Meetup is a very powerful platform. Um, Eventbrite is a very powerful platform. What was that one? E event what? Eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E. You know, we got maybe 30 RSVPs just off of Eventbrite. On Meetup, we had 30 RSVPs through Brian and 
our network, we probably, you know, like you said, we had maybe 80 or 90 between our network. So leverage social media, leveraging that as well. You know, you, you could definitely make a meetup happen. I've seen a lot, especially in New Jersey, there's a lot of um, multifamily meetups. You could even go to those events and start meeting people and, you know, inviting them to your events. You could definitely make it work. So guys, a lot of people are scared of the this potential recession, uh, you know, that that may be coming, may or may not be coming. Everybody, most people I think say it is coming, but, you know, h- how are you all, you know, preparing for that? Anthony, I'll start off and you can add on to it, but I think we're buying right. We're buying B and C class properties. Uh, and in 2008, when the um, real estate market had the, the big crash there, B and C class properties were the least to lose value, less likely to lose value. And that's because everyone needs a place to live. You know, these A-class properties with a lot of amenities that are very expensive, uh, those places are the first places that people leave. And they have some place to live, so they go down to the B and C-class properties with less amenities, a little less expensive, and also buying right, buying with cash flow. I think that's very important for people to do is just buy with cash flow. If you're if you're buying in the hopes of just natural appreciation with, with a low cap rate, you're in trouble. You're playing roulette. You, you know, you might hit big on one year, then the next year, if there's a recession, you're going to lose. So I think, yeah, buying right, buying with cash flow. Um, buying B and C class properties, it kind of, it's not recession proof, but it's better than buying in hopes of this natural appreciation rather than forced appreciation and increasing the rents and lowering your expenses. What's a way that you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Improved our business. So I would say, um, and I could give credit to, to Brian setting up property management software, you know, and also if you're syndicating to your listeners, there's software that incorporates, you know, an investor relations portal. So streamlining the communication with one, you know, platform is was extremely important. Uh, we needed that because there'll be papers all over the place and you'll be very mismanaged. So for your listeners, uh, Buildium's a great software platform for not only property management, but also accounting and investor relations. Setting that up was definitely improving the business. And what, what's been the hardest part of this syndication journey for you all? Probably just learning all the rules for your listeners. There's a lot of different regulatory rules that you've got to abide by, you know, in order to issue because you're, you're really issuing a security at the end of the day. You know, I don't need to get into deep on this podcast, you know, look into 506B and 506C, you know, the rules change. So trying to keep in touch with that and, you know, all our properties have been 506B. So what that means for your listeners is people who you had a pre-existing relationship with that are, you know, generally sophisticated investors in the eyes of the SEC, just been friends and family through our, you know, mostly professional network. Right? And for your listeners uh, looking to syndicate their first deal, that's the way that, you know, we would recommend just go to your friends and family. You know, uh, you don't have to deal with 506C and paying for, you know, so what's called the PPM out of pocket and it's very expensive. And if you, what I like to say to newbies who try to get into business, if you don't think you can raise anywhere between five hundred thousand to a million dollars for your first deal, I don't, I don't think you should be in this business. So, just through your immediate network, a little piece of advice. What, what's your your best advice for caring for an investor so they want to return to the next deal? Yeah, Brian. Um, I'd say give him um, caring for the investor, so they return. Yeah, just so they, you know, the most important things that that we need to know so investors want to return to the next deal. Well, obviously, give them a, a good return on their investment. Uh, that's number one. Um, if you give them a good return on your investment, they're going to come back and uh, do the next deal with you. And you know, it's building that trust, that relationship with the investor. You know, a lot of these investors aren't into real estate. They don't know everything about it. But if they trust you and respect you, they will invest with you. And I've realized that I know people that I have, I know a lot of people through football and a lot of the relationships I've built with, you know, big money donors uh, through Rutgers, you know, I have some of those people investing in our deals right now and they don't, 
know much about real estate, but they're, you know, betting in me and they're betting in Anthony and they, and they trust us and they believe in us and they uh, believe that, you know, we can give them a, a great return on their, on their investment. You know, we're in the process of doing that right now. And once we add value to the, to this property syndicating and uh, we're refinancing year two and we give them, you know, 50% to hundred percent of their capital initial investment back and then their cash flowing after that, um, they're going to be happy once they get that, uh, you know, that money back from uh, the refi, they're going to put that capital into another bus and just keep rolling it over from there. So um, do what you say you're going to do. Just like I said with the brokers, do what you say you're going to do, build that relationship, build that trust factor with them. You know, and if for your listeners, they don't have a you know great reputation in the community, build that, build it up, meet with people, go out to uh, these in, invested investor um, networking events, you know, build that those relationships and build that trust uh, with these future investors. Uh, and, and build up your reputation. And it takes a lifetime to build a reputation. It takes one second to, to lose it. And I've seen that a lot with my teammates in the NFL and, and in football. There's a lot of great players, a lot of great people, a lot of great people, uh, players that, you know, invest a lot of their time and their money into charitable events. But there's some that make one mistake at one time and it ruins their entire reputation that they built up over a lifetime. So just be smart and, uh, you know, build those relationships. What, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, Brian. no, you go, but you go and I'll add on. All right. No, I was just going to say, um, as Brian said, you know, reputation is key, you know, for me, for an example, just coming from the industry already in a different capacity and a different asset class, but definitely just building those relationships and, and a little bit for your listeners, even if you don't have a deal on the table and there's also regulatory rules behind that too, which, you know, I don't want to get into, but even if you don't have a property you want to offer other people to invest in uh, just tell them what you're doing you know and and over time once you do have a property and you do have a deal you'll be able to go to them and, and say here's the opportunity here's a structure here's what the returns are looking like here's the business plan it's a lot easier of a transition whereas you have a deal and you, have, you don't have any network definitely you know setting those up early contributes to success and how do you like to give back so i've been, I've been giving back for a long time now i, I partnered with a charity called embrace kids it's based out of New Brunswick, New Jersey, and it helps families that kids are suffering from blood disorders and cancer. And, uh, you know, I've been involved with that. I have a charity event every year. It's called Rally at the Alley, where we, uh, you know, raise money for these kids. And I have a bunch of players there. Anthony came last year. Um, and all the guys from Muhammad Sanu, the McCordy twins, they all play on the Patriots right now. Uh, Michael Burton, uh, he's a fullback for the Redskins. And uh, we just get together, and uh, people come out and bowl, and love being around us and raise money. And I think it's, it's it's important. It's one of the things that when I first got in the NFL and I first got some money in my pocket, the first thing I want to do was, was give back. I've been given so much in my life. I've been given great opportunities. And I think, you know, with those opportunities I had with the, and the, and the platform I had in the NFL, it's so important to give back. And I'm going to keep continuing that, um, you know, as I get better with you know, real estate and syndicating and, you know, as we bring, you know bringing capital in, um, a lot of that money is going to go to um, charitable charities. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been a great interview of learning about, you know, how you all have gotten into this business and even, you know, some dynamics about your partnership and even this networking event that you all hosted and how that helped, you know, further the relationships with brokers and how other ways that you all have done that and, and the amazing deal and how you all almost doubled uh, the value of that property in just a year or so. That's incredible. Uh, congratulations to you for that. And, uh, you know, and just the importance of buying right and buying for cash flow. Uh, and so, but tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what you all have going on. 
Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, Red Knight Properties, and that's Red Knight with a K, rednightproperties.com. Uh, we have a contact us form. You can reach Brian or I, or you know, send either of us an email. It's uh, our first initial. So for me, it's a dot last name, Scandariato, at rednightproperties.com. Same thing goes for Brian, B. Leonard at rednightproperties.com. We uh, just set up a Facebook too, so make sure you, you like us there. Uh, in the process of doing more social media because we haven't really done much in the past. So, so yeah. Awesome, guys. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate having us on. Thanks a lot, Wendy. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you all. Again, you'll get emails from us as a reminder on December the 13th. And then on the day of December 14th, you'll get another email with some links and things. And then if you have any questions or if I can help in any way, please reach out and let me know. Appreciate it. Well done. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.